Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one delectable page of Talmud each day. And in today's page, Nadarim 15, the Talmud continues a really interesting discussion that began yesterday. I promise you will return to it. So here we are returning to it. Have a listen to this amazing passage. The Gemara asks, but is there a prohibition of he shall not profane by rabbinic law? The Gemara answers, yes. And it is taught in a baraita with regard to matters that are permitted, but others are accustomed to observe a prohibition with regard to them. You may not permit these matters before those people. As it is stated, he shall not profane his word. If they contravene their custom, they are in violation of the prohibition. He shall not profane his word by rabbinic law, and as that is similar to violating a vow. This is a really interesting philosophical discussion that began in yesterday's page of Talmud, in which basically the rabbis ask, well, can someone say like, hey, I vow never to eat zucchini again. Say, zucchini is going to be like pork to me. And the rabbis ask, as they're asking again today, but hold on, but the Torah already prohibits eating pork. Can you take a vow prohibiting onto yourself something that is already prohibited to you by Torah or by custom? Which is a really, really interesting question, especially to those of us like myself, who did not really grow up obeying all or most, or let's be frank, any of the mitzvot of the commandments, particularly when it comes to food. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the podcast our producer, Quinn Waller. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, Quinn, very much like myself, you're currently on on a Jewish journey and and some of it involves food, right? Tell us a little bit about that part. Yeah. I mean, are we we all not on a Jewish journey? But um, Only if you're doing it right. (laughs) I told you this in the car the other day. We were talking about my sandwich quest, Quinn's sandwich quest on Instagram, and how it has since gone defunct because I have stopped eating pork which has made finding good sandwiches slightly more difficult. Here's a question. Do you understand why you keep kosher? If someone asks you why, do you have a good answer? Because I really don't. No, I don't. I parrot your answer, which is that I feel like every day I'm looking for ways to feel God in my life. And not eating pork is a way for me to do that. To walk past the bodega in the morning and to smell a gorgeous bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich and not eat it. Like, I feel God in that moment. Say say more about this. This is so interesting to me because that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think I've just taken your opinion and made it my own, which is that, like, I don't know why I do it, but I do it because I'm told to and I can feel God in that. And, like, granted, I like, do I follow all of the laws of kosher? No, like, I mix milk and meat. But, like, somehow holding back from pork and holding back from shellfish is a way for me to invite a little bit of the divine so, into the everyday. So the rabbis in today's page of Talmud basically, you know, give us a perfectly reasonable, you know, legalistic opinion that basically says, hey, look, you should be very, very careful of how you word these vows, because if you vow to take things out that were already prohibited, you're not really achieving anything because they're already prohibited. You're already not allowed to eat pork. So you can say, well, this is not allowed to me as is pork is sort of, you know, kind of a cop out. But it seems to me maybe this opinion kind of misses the point a little bit of of what you're saying, right? Of the tremendous spiritual energy that comes with making these exceptions, these, if you will, vows. I will not eat the delicious, you know, Reuben sandwich or the delicious, you know, 
Cubano pork sandwich or whatever it is anymore, even though it's, you know, yes, technically prohibited, but I used to not keep this observance. So as you are grappling with this very actively, as as I think everyone who makes this commitment, and again, halakha is, is a spectrum, right? And not all of us do everything and, and every choice is a choice that we arrive at. But when you decided to make this decision and when you kind of reaffirm this decision every day, is this something at this point that is happening mindfully, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually? Do you find yourself from time to time contemplating it, observing it, this closest to God? Do you feel it as you walk away and the the scent of the bacon, egg, and cheese kind of haunts you and lingers? Share a little bit more of that of that emotional process with us. Well, I don't I don't feel it so much in New York actually, but um I recently went home. I'm I'm from Ohio and I went home for my sister's birthday in October. And I don't know if I had told my family that I had started keeping kosher. Like it had just kind of been a private thing. And then I went home. I drove home and I got in at like 9 p.m. And my mom had ordered Chinese food and she had ordered an egg roll. And I bit into it and it had shrimp and I flipped out. Like the way that I first approached keeping kosher is like, okay, if I'm in a scenario where I can avoid pork and where I can avoid shellfish, I'll do so. And it's since become like a kind of streak for me, like keeping the streak going of how long I can do it and how long I can avoid it. And so to have that choice kind of ripped away from me, like no matter that it was on accident, like my mom didn't intend to like poison me with shrimp, but to have my own agency removed from that was a very emotional time for me and like it was also very weird because I have this internalized anti-religion thing that I deal with like I always feel ashamed whenever I like am religiously observant and so it was like a very uncomfortable thing for me to have to because, have the conversation with my mom of because like you grew up like oh religion is something that you know that weirdos do people who are not liberal do yeah pretty much and so like to have to have this extremely emotional conversation with my mom where I was like, oh my God, I don't eat shrimp and you just fed me shrimp. This is hard. That was a super hard conversation for me to have because I felt like she was judging me. I felt like I was judging me because I'm doing this weird dietary thing that I don't even know why I'm doing it and like the rationale behind it other than like it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. It was just a super strange and difficult moment. You know, I love hearing you speak about it and particularly speaking about it in this way, because I think you're kind of, you know, onto something that I also feel very strongly. So many of us grow up in perfectly nice homes that, you know, say things like, well, tradition is really important. You should know your tradition and where you came from. But when it comes to actual observance, you're right. It feels like, oh, you're going to be like these people who don't eat the fun stuff and who are really zealous because it's all about, you know, strictures and what you can't do. But you mentioned such a great word, you know, agency. And this is, I think, what in large part we're sort of dealing with in today's page of Talmud, right? The choice to follow the prohibition is exactly that. It's a choice. It's not like, well, I can't do it, so I won't do it. It's like it's a daily struggle to choose to not do it out of very personal, emotional conditions, isn't it? I mean, it's not just like, well, I'm a prisoner here. I can't, you know, access X, Y, Z. It's like, it's a great feeling of empowerment to say, I'm completely in control of, you know, my body and my spirit. And I'm making this decision to basically choose to elevate myself and to connect to something very actively. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do feel that way. And like, I also feel, I don't feel bound by it. You know, you hear stories about like the rabbis that would rather die than eat treif. And like, I don't, I don't feel like that. And so the fact that I still feel like, okay, like I've never had an oyster. If someone around me like ordered an oyster, like I would try an oyster. 
for the humanity of it. I will say for the record that of all the tray food that I no longer eat, that's the one thing I miss dearly. Yeah, exactly. Bacon I could do without. Ham, bacon forget I it. Like. But an oyster. Oh. Yeah. So like the fact that I still feel like I would be open to an oyster one time to know what it would be like makes it more meaningful for me. And I know that that's not like halakhically correct. Like I, I'm not pretending like this is right. I'm just saying that it makes it more meaningful for me. Well, but I think as, as again, as the Talmud suggests today, it's not so much about, oh, absolute wrongs and absolute rights, though there are, of course, absolute criteria. It's about precisely this, right? It's about your emotional valence. It's about your ability to sort of reach down deep inside and say like, okay, here is what I'm choosing to do, though I may not always have a perfectly fine rational explanation because this is the way that I assert who I am in ways, and, and the topic of this tractate, Nadarim, my vows and oaths, it's very emotional, right? A vow and an oath is something that you do usually when you're so stirred by some big feeling. Like, oh my God, I'm so angry. I will never go to this restaurant again the way they just treated me. Like, I'll never speak to you again because you were just so rude to me. Like, that's how we make a vow. And, and yes, the rabbis, God bless their soul, want to be very, very cautious and tell us, hey, you know, careful because these things are binding. But as you just shared with us, there's also kind of almost the flip side of that, right? The way in which you reach down to your emotional cachet and say like, yes, I'm making these choices that I don't fully understand and perhaps will never fully understand, but they're completely transformation. Exactly. Quinn Waller, thank you so much for being you, for your journey and for being our guest. Thank you for having me. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.